Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Cloud overhead, hoping that I break down. Won't get a hold, won't determine fate. Well, the roller coaster continues. What's good, y'all? Welcome back to Believe in the Miami Heat. I am Anthony DiNardo, and we are brought to you, as always, by the Believe Network. Now, I'm coming to you after a sad four games since the last episode. And last episode, of course, was right after the Heat won that first game versus Toronto. And I was telling y'all, it's a long season. It's a roller coaster full of ups and downs. And since then, it's quite literally been almost all downs. Now, we do have a lot to talk about. So kind of my plan for this episode is to go through each of the last four games and kind of give you my my thoughts and the notes that I wrote down. So we're going to start with that second game versus the Raptors, which was, of course, another home game for Miami. It was bad. It was a lot of bad. And in fact, I was so annoyed. I was almost going to do another pod right then and there. But I said, you know what? Let's give it the week. Let's give the West Coast trip and let's see if things change. And no, not not really much changed at all. But as far as that Raptors game, of course, uh, we talked about in the last pod how I thought Caleb would be suspended. Now, he was. I talked about maybe how Jovic would start, but... Jovic was also suspended too, which was kind of disappointing, but in hindsight, probably not the worst thing in the world because he's now getting uh, played under Udonis Haslam, but we'll get into that as we get into that terrible Kings game last, but anyways, of course, the Heat ended up starting Max Strews, and Strews was pretty terrible. As a starter, he finished 3 of 14. He was 0-8 from 3 overall. Chris Boucher, he absolutely killed us in the first half. I feel like that's a common theme. That's pretty annoying because his jump shot form is hideous. The dude got the catapult slingshot three-pointer, but he was making rain in the first half. But the Heat did have their first non-third quarter of the season. They actually won the third quarter 33-23 to to kind of get them back into the game. But as we're all mad about on Heat Twitter and pretty much, even if you're not on Twitter, I'm sure everybody was pretty mad, Jimmy Butler did not check into that fourth quarter until there was about three and a half minutes left. Why? Why did Eric Spolstra keep out? I know Jimmy went to the scorer's table with six minutes left, but my God, you know, it, call it, I, they had two timeouts left. I know Spolstra said he didn't want to waste it. He also said they didn't want to take a foul, but they certainly should have. You cannot have these lineups out there with, with Gabe Vincent running around with, with no offense. <laughs> and not, not to throw any shade at, at Gabe Vincent there, but the offense was terrible. Bam was not being aggressive. They just didn't look good. And Spolstra pretty clearly sold that game by not allowing Jimmy to come in. And then even when Jimmy did come in, he didn't take a shot till like 30 seconds left. And it was pretty much all over. Tyler Hero, he deserves, he actually deserves some shade too because he had a pretty terrible fourth quarter. Turnovers back to back to back. Basically a no-show in the second half again, which is starting to become a pattern. A little weird because this is something in the past. We always had Tyler time in the fourth quarter. So he always seemed to come up big, but not in that game versus Toronto. And so far, not at all this year. It is concerning. He did have 15 rebounds, which is interesting. He said after the game that uh, well, we really wanted to make a concerted effort at getting boards, blah, blah, blah. You had like two boards the next game, Tyler. So good for you. You had 15 boards, but you were absolutely terrible in that second half. And so far, you haven't been great in the second half overall this entire year. Dwayne Dedman, he has been someone who has frustrated Heat fans, including myself all season. Another ridiculous plus minus from him. Played 10 minutes of minus 13. Listen, Plus minus, a lot of times, it's an absolute bogus stat. Just because another guy on the other team can get hot and you just so happen to be in the game, so your plus minus looks terrible. But when Dwayne Dedman 
to consistently have a minus that's much higher than his minutes played. That is not a coincidence. How do, how can you play 10 minutes and be a minus 13? That, that's not long enough in the game to have an impact, you know, to, to have some kind of bogus impact. That's a direct correlation of Dwayne Dedman being in the game equals negative results for the Miami Heat. And obviously, we kind of saw that as time went on because Dwayne Dedman found his way out of the rotation, even though he is dealing with a little bit of an injury now. He's been questionable. I, I forget the injury back or, or something, but he's been questionable. But regardless, we kind of saw Jovic start to play in the rotation Uh I think it was the first game versus Portland or Golden State maybe when uh when Jovic finally came in. But uh what else do we have against that game? Lowry again. I wrote he was god awful. 7 points, 1 of 8 shooting, 2 assists. Great. Duncan I guess showed up. 4-8 overall, 3-6 from 3, but he hasn't done nothing since that first game. But Precious Achua, 22 rebounds. A Toronto uh won the rebounding battle 59 to 54. And uh, the, the thing that is really unfortunate about that is the Heat had Precious Chua. They got rid of him. The Heat had Goran Dragic. They got rid of him. Both those guys have killed the Miami Heat in games this year. And who did we get in return? Kyle Lowry, who's been absolutely terrible. So I want to talk a little bit about that Kyle Lowry trade because that, amongst many other mistakes among the front office, deserves to be talked about because it's the reason that they are starting to waste Jimmy Butler's window. And as much as I'd like to say that they have failed Jimmy Butler, or I wouldn't like to say it, it's starting to ring true. Now, I don't want to say they failed Jimmy Butler because they've already been to an NBA Finals and Game 7 of an Eastern Conference Finals. A lot of stars haven't even been put in those positions. But when you look back at 2020, Jimmy basically willed himself to the Finals in every single game in there. And same with with the Eastern Conference Finals last year. It was all Jimmy and had absolutely no help. Now... You could have said, okay, what would Goran have done? Not much. What would Precious Tattoo have done? Probably not much. But you got Kyle Lowry who's getting paid a ton of money, $20, $30 million to be terrible. I said this before and I'm going to say it again and I'm probably going to keep saying it. This Heat team is not going to be able to win games as long as they have nearly $40 million not getting minutes. You got about 16 from Duncan Robinson, who's going to be out of the rotation. You got 20 to 30 million from Lowry, who is terrible. Not to mention 9 million from Dwayne Dedman, who is not an NBA player anymore. The way the front office has done a disservice to this, to Jimmy Butler and this team is, is terrible. The mistakes are compounding. Even before they traded for Kyle Lowry, they drafted Precious Achua in the first place when they could have had Tyrese Maxey or Desmond Bain. Can you imagine if either one of those guys was on this Heat team? It would be a completely different dynamic. And it's not like those guys were, were shocking to be good players. Those are names we heard about with the Heat. We didn't even hear Precious Achua that much. We knew he wasn't a shooter, at least not at the time. And you knew you needed someone who could shoot next to Bam, next to, uh, Bam and, and Jimmy. Why'd they take Precious in the first place? We know they love, they love Kentucky guys. I thought Maxi was a steal. I was shocked to see they got Precious. The move made no sense at the time. And it's a mistake they compounded by trading it for Kyle Lowry anyways. And now you go into this season, and the major theme for the week, as far as as far as issues, because again, it was a terrible week. The Heat finished one and three. Is they put no power forward on this roster? Not a single power forward on this roster. How? How do you do that? You starting Caleb Martin at the four, who's six four. Listen, Caleb Martin seems like a great guy, and he certainly is a great player in his role. But he is nowhere close to a starting power forward. And you can probably tell by my voice, it has been absolutely frustrating watching them try this experiment. 
Back to that game versus the Toronto Raptors. Pascal Siakam was killing us. Every single time Siakam had the ball, it seems like it was off a switch, and he was killing our guards. And even when they would go and double to try to make up for the size, somebody would be wide open for Toronto, whether it was Gary Trent Jr. who hit that big three in the corner to end the game to stop Miami's comeback. Every single game has been the same thing, uh, same theme as far as getting killed because of the size and the three-point, uh, or not, not even the three-point shooting, but the, the out-rebounding, giving up offensive rebounds to the other team. The longer this organization goes without doing something is a mistake. Now, I'm not one of those Heat fans that says, that's like, oh, what are they doing? Pat Riley's sleeping. They got to get something. Listen, Pat Riley's not an idiot. You know, let me, I want to make sure this is very clear. Pat Riley is somebody that I, I will always respect for my entire life. He is the godfather, and he is definitely one of the smartest GMs in the league. Andy, or uh, presidents in the league. Andy Ellisberg, same thing. One of the smartest GMs. One of the, one of the best at his job, right? So they're not idiots. They know what they're doing. They tried this whole experiment with the, the small ball and the Caleb Martin, and it's not worked. I know it hasn't worked. They know it hasn't worked. I think they're out there trying to do something, but what's out there? Do you want to get Jay Crowder? Is he solving these problems? Might make it a little better. Probably, probably not too much, though. Do you want to get P.J. Washington? Maybe he's out there. Who knows? He just had 31 points for Charlotte in their last game. Maybe Charlotte doesn't even want to trade him. But would he fix her issues? Probably not. They tried to get Kevin Durant. They tried to get Donovan Mitchell. A lot of Heat fans are mad they didn't get him. But guess what? It's hard to get those guys. I am glad my organization tried, something I've been said to, and I give them credit for trying to land the whale because that's how you win championships. So now, just because they didn't get those guys, I'm not going to be mad and, and act like they're not trying. No, they tried and they failed. That's the unfortunate reality of it. So just because I, I'm, I'm glad they at least tried, I'm still disappointed that they failed and they've yet to put another power forward on this roster. We saw Jeremy Grant change teams. We saw Christian Wood change teams. Those are two guys who would have been absolutely crucial here. Wood would have helped phenomenally with the offense because this team cannot score when Tyler Hero and Jimmy Butler are out there. Uh, Jeremy Grant would have helped immensely with the defense because he could have switched everything. But they didn't get any one of those guys. It didn't happen. So this team has a lot of issues. And until they do something to address one of those issues, the size, the scoring, I don't think they're going to be a very good team. And that's the unfortunate reality of it. Now, usually like last year after a bad loss, I certainly would have been mad. But truthfully, because of the personnel on this team, I have very little expectations. And so because of that, I'm not even too mad after the unfortunate week that they had. I'm not. I want to talk about that game versus Portland because that was the only bright spot of the week. Caitlin Martin did play phenomenal, has 16 points, 7 of 8 shooting. Jimmy was there in the post game saying, uh, the interview saying that Caitlin Martin for president. Basically, every question he, he was asked, he found some way to praise Caitlin Martin, which is cool. Those are the games you're going to get very sparingly where Caleb Martin, where, where what the small ball brings you, you actually do see the positivity from it. Because like I said, he was 7 for 8, had a lot of dunks, had some great perimeter defense and steals that led to even more dunks in transition. That's what you're going to get for Caleb Martin. <clears throat> when I was trying to talk myself into the Caleb Martin experience to start the season, I said he would provide a different dynamic to this offense than PJ did. We've seen that. The problem is Caleb Martin is not good enough an offensive player to make up for his lack at guarding bigger people, you know, his lack at guarding power forwards. So you're trying to play small ball. You're trying to be a more offensive team by giving up a little bit size-wise and on the defensive end. The problem is the guys that you're replacing with are not good enough scorers, a la Caleb Martin. So yeah, he did have that good game versus Portland and then was virtually a liability out there 
the rest of the week. You know, not because of him, because he's been put in an awful situation to play a position that he's not. Lowry also had a good game versus Portland. He was 5-8 from three. Max Drews played pretty well as well. He had 16-4-7. Deadman played five minutes, was terrible. And yes, that is where we saw the introduction of Nikola Jovic, who was basically Dwayne Deadman 2.0. <clears throat> had a ton of fouls, had uh, the travel terrible defense he looked like a 19 year old so what i'm gonna i'm not what i'm not gonna do is get out here and be mad about nikolajovic he's not the reason he lost that game to be honest he shouldn't be playing either he's playing because i guess deadman is terrible yurtsevin is out and they don't have another big man on this roster so they actually won that game portland had their first loss of the season of course heat nation was feeling well heat nation was up really big or, or the heat were up really big at halftime and then they obviously gave up a lot of that lead a lot of people were mad uh, but uh, I was like, you know what? This is the NBA. Again, it happens. Said the same thing versus that game versus Portland. Uh, but they got a win, and a win is a win. Yes. So then you go into Golden State. Dwayne Demon was out. Nikola Jovic, he, he, not, not too much in the first half. Again, he's 19, but it was nice to see him start to get some run. Jimmy Butler, though, was absolutely phenomenal. Had 20 points in the first half, and you can tell Jimmy Butler realized the urgency in this game. He realized that this team could not lose uh, another road game and drop to whatever their record would have been at that time, two and two and four, two and five, whatever. If they would have lost, well, which I guess they did lose. But it was nice to see Jimmy Butler realize the sense of urgency that was needed on this team because <clears throat> I've said this a bunch. Jimmy Butler should not have to be playoff Jimmy in the regular season. He shouldn't. If he is, his body is not going to last going into the playoffs. It's just not. So that's when you want the other guys to step up. Fortunately, the Heat don't have that many other guys to step up. Because like I said earlier, when Tyler and Jimmy are not there, their offense is trash. But Jimmy Butler, he'll be able to have one of those games every once in a while where he can really take over and go 100%. That was one of those games, and it was unfortunate that it ended in a loss. I felt like Tyler Hero was settling a lot. He was terrible settling for too many pull-up contested jumpers with too much time on the clock. Andrew Wiggins absolutely killed them, 16 in the first half. Uh, he's been constantly a heat killer <clears throat> ever since uh, ever since Jimmy Butler uh, uh, beat the Timberwolves team with the bench against the starters back in the day when they had Wiggins and Towns. Wiggins has killed us ever since. Uh, but yeah, the whole team really killed us. That was probably the most like critical game of the week where I noticed the size issue uh, because Kevon Looney, looked like prime Dwight Howard. Uh, Jermichael Green looked like prime Shaq, whatever you want to call it. Dude, he was getting put back dunks, rebounds out of everywhere. You can't beat that team like that. When Curry's being Curry the way he is, and then they finally miss, and they get an offensive rebound just for Draymond Green to be balling like it's 2015 again. I mean, come on. They absolutely killed us. It was the same story in the Kings game. DeMontis Sabonis, 18 points in the first half. Are you kidding me? The, Heat, the, the Kings were up 22 at the half. The only reason that he made that a game is because Sabonis fouled out. He wasn't able to play. If, if you are getting absolutely cooked by every team who, who has two guys over 6'9 on, on the court, the Heat are in for a rude awakening. Like, start, start you know, waving the Victor Wembanyama flag because that's the only hope you, you got if, if this Heat team doesn't make a move. And until they make a move, so... The, the worst case scenario for this Heat team is going into the trade deadline being average. That, that's the worst thing. Because if you do, 
they'll probably make a move to get a little bit better just to get to the first, maybe second round just to lose. If you're going to be bad, you got to be bad. If you're going to be bad, this is the year to be bad. Now, I don't want to overreact and act like they're one of the worst teams in the league because they're certainly not. But they are not built to win a playoff series. Listen, they didn't do much different other than losing P.J. Tucker, but that is a critical issue. P.J. Tucker could literally switch everything. He went from guarding Trey Young in the first round to guarding Joel Embiid in the second round, not to mention he had a phenomenal season rebounding and offensive rebounding. So when you lose that and you replace it with someone, Caleb Martin, who does none of that, that is a major issue. And we're, we're seeing that to the fullest extent. Not to mention K, uh, P.J. Tucker quite literally led the league in three-point percentage for majority of the season. That is huge when you got a starting lineup of Bam who refuses to shoot threes and Jimmy who cannot shoot at all. Now, he's actually off to a strong start shooting the three ball. He actually hit four threes against Golden State. But still, P.J. Tucker was huge to this offense as well, although it was in a different way than Caleb Martin. So if you're going to be bad, and the way this roster is now, they are a bad team. Put together the, the pieces, when you put them together, it is a bad roster. Maybe not even bad, but below average. So if you're going to buy, buy now before it's too late. If it's out there, right? I'm not going to get mad if they don't get no moves because maybe no one's out there. Like I said, Pat Riley's not an idiot. He sees the same problems I do. He loves big man. We all know that. But he's not an idiot. I'm sure he's trying. If it's not out there, it's not out there. But what you got to do is sell. You cannot have Max Drews on this team at the end of the year. You cannot have Gabe Vincent on this team at the end of the year. You're going you're gonna to either have to overpay to keep those guys or you're going to lose them for absolutely nothing. And that is a nightmare scenario because you have no assets as it is. So I give it maybe till 15 games. If something hasn't magically changed or the, the move for a, a big guy isn't out there or even keep an eye on the Brooklyn Nets. If KD asks out, you obviously got to go, go for him again. Kyrie, don't even me start on Kyrie Irving. I've seen his name thrown out there a bunch now with all the drama going around with, with him and the Joe Side, the owner of the Nets, going back and forth on Twitter. First, I don't like Kyrie Irving. I don't like him personally. As a basketball player, he's cool, but he never plays because he's always hurt, so what does it matter? But anyways, if, if KD's out there, fine, go get him. If a quality four is out there, fine, go for it. If not, you got to sell. You have to sell. Because do not be average at the end of the season. Do not go to the playing game and win the playing game and get knocked out in the first round because that is absolutely worst case scenario. It, it, it really is. So I hope that's not what happens. If the Heat are going to sell, sell before it's too late. Like you lost Kendrick Nunn for nothing, for example. So Udonis Haslam did play in that Kings game too. I don't know if that's an indictment on Nikola Jovic or an indictment on Udonis Haslam. That's not for me to decide. It's just unfortunate that this is where this team has become. Still love UD. Uh, actually thought he gave him some quality minutes out there. Got a few charges and, and was fine. Was fine. Uh, but that's basically the heat week. Uh, just some kind of my thoughts that I've been wanting to ramble over the last uh, week. Hope it doesn't come across as too negative. Because again, it's just the unfortunate reality of this team. So I just want to portray what the issues are. Seriously, what, what the issues are. Again, I think the front office knows. I think they're trying to make a move. If it's not out there, it's just not out there. There's nothing they can do about it. They made their mistakes in the past. That's what happens. You're not going to be right 100% of the time. But at the end of the day, 
I'm still going to ride with Pat Riley. I'm still going to ride with Jimmy Butler. I'm still going to ride with Eric Spolstra. And we'll see if they can turn this thing around, although it looks unlikely because the next game is Tuesday versus the Golden State Warriors in Miami. Might not be pretty, but that being said, if the Heat do come out, a win, uh, come out with a win, maybe we're feeling a little bit better. So that's really all I got to say for this podcast. I'm going to wrap it up now. I don't know when I'll be back. Uh, I guess we'll see how the next week goes and we'll get another episode out there. But hopefully we got something different to talk about because this lack of size is just seems to be the biggest issue. And I could go on forever. But for the sake of not getting redundant, I'm going to go ahead and end it. But thank y'all for tuning in, man. Hope y'all enjoyed the Believe in the Miami Heat episode with me. I've been having fun over here. Uh, even though the, the Heat haven't been fun, I've been, I've been having fun recording these podcasts. So make sure y'all rate five stars. Leave a like if you enjoy. If not, I can't do nothing about that, man. But I appreciate y'all for tuning in and getting this part of the episode. So I will hear, uh, I was going to say I'll see y'all, but I won't see y'all because this is probably not going on YouTube. But I will, y'all will hear from me at some point next week. Take it easy. Peace out. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.